Hello, and welcome to the Wheel of Time Rewind Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Stoll, and as always, I'm here with my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey, so glad to be here, so excited, so much news to talk about. And so we are now getting super close because we are now officially, by the time this podcast comes out, one month away from the release of the first three episodes of Wheel of Time. woo So, now that we just blasted your ear holes out of your skulls, we are going to get into this week's episode. So, it is October, which means this is the spookiest month of the year. So, we have to talk about the Shadow Spawn, which are the minions of the Dark One. And so we're going to spend this episode talking about all the different Shadow Spawn we might see in Season 1, especially earlier in the season. We're also going to talk about a couple of the clips that have been dropped recently because they're coming out with more hype pieces for this Wheel of Time series by Amazon, and we are excited about it. I'm going to break it down for you guys and just talk about what you're actually seeing within them. But before we get into any of that... We're going to take care of some formalities here. So first of all, if you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so through email at wheeloftimerewind at gmail.com. Or if you're on social media and you want to holler at us, you can do so through Instagram and Twitter at W-O-T Rewind. And if you write us any questions or anything like that, we can release them on the show here. Of course, answer you there as well as through the messaging app on said social medias. But without farther ado, let's get into our reading catch-up. Mike, where are you at in your reread of the Wheel of Time series? Okay, so I'm still not as far as you, but I'm so close to finishing um, The Dragon Reborn, which is the third book. in the series and I'm so close I think I have maybe an hour and a half left of that and then after that I'm probably just going to maybe take a detour and read something else just for a little bit (laughs) so you're not you're not so far behind me as you might think so I have finished the dragon reborn which is the third book in the series, but it is the fourth book that I've read of the Wheel of Time series for this reread here because of New Spring, which is the prequel. But right now, taking a detour, and I am reading the world-building co-book that goes along and builds up the world of the Wheel of Time. It's called The World of Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time, which is written by the man himself, Robert Jordan, as well as Teresa Patterson. And now where I'm at in this book here is it is talking about the Age of Legends, which I wanted to press pause because I wanted to take some detailed notes for this for when we come to you guys with our Age of Legends podcast, which will be taking place somewhere in the future. But right now we're jumping into that Shadow Spawn. And so Mike... Why don't we start off the Shadow Spawn by talking about the Trollocs? I am not one to talk about horror anything. I do not do well with scary things. Scary movies, no thank you. But I am so ready to be spooked by um, (laughs) some of the creatures in the Wheel of Time series. Our first 
um, introduction to oh the forces of the dark will be the Trollocs, and these are the foot soldiers of the dark. They're very much like the orcs in uh, Lord of the Rings, where they're just kind of cannon fodder. They're thrown out at the beginning of battle. Um, if they die, eh, whatever. <laughs> now, how these Trollocs are described is they're very big. They have a mixture of human features and animal features. So they could be running at you, and they could have, like, goat hooves and a beak of an eagle and ears from a boar or tusks from a boar. Um, and, you know, there's these big hulking things carrying these wicked, sharp, and, like, rigid swords and axes and things out of your nightmares chasing you. Yeah, that this amalgamation of human and animal and, like Mike said, that the stuff that nightmares are made of. Because Trollocs, if they catch you, they're going to kill you and then they're going to eat you. Or they might eat you first without killing you. Who knows? You might end up in a Trolloc pot. So these Trollocs here are going to be, like Mike said, the very first big uh, force of the dark that we meet in this series here. And they're going to be the foot soldiers getting sent out there to just wreak havoc, kill, and destroy. So Trollocs are very low on the totem pole when it comes to forces of the dark. Right above them are going to be some creatures called the Murdral, who t are kind of like are the generals of the Trollocs. So Mike, why don't you tell us about Murdral and some of the other names you might hear them called? Murdral are referred to in a few different names. It also depends on where you are in the world of Wheel of Time mm -hmm. because different cultures have different names for these um, creatures. But Murdral are commonly referred to as Fades. Um, that's probably the most other the other most common name you'll hear from about them. And they are, as I said, dressed all in black and the wind like won't even stir their cloak. They're very unnatural, but they're also very human um, in the sense of like how their body is built. So yeah, they're very they're very human-esque, but they're also very snake-like in the way that they move lightning quick. They have no eyes, so another term for them is the eyeless. And so, like, there's a saying that says the look of the eyeless is fear. So, like, even though there's no eyes looking at you, if the merge all looks at you, you fear feel, sorry, you feel fear run through your entire body, kind of root you to their your core there, root you to your spot. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Thank you for bringing up some of their other names there because for a moment I drew a blank. <laughs> um, they're able to travel through shadow as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why in some cultures that believe in them, others they're used as like uh, fables or, you know, horror stories. Of, right. Oh, if you go out at night and you kiss that girl when you're not supposed to, <laughs> when you're not supposed to, a module's going to show up and eat your face off. I don't know. Um, but they're, they're used as well as some of these other creatures as ways to scare people. And they're kind of like, ha ha ha, you believe in Mydral or Murdral or you believe in a fade. Um, and they are actually true. But in some cultures, as I was saying, they, people, when they come into cities, they're not allowed to have hoods down. Right. And they keep torches lit all over. So there's no spots for the Murdral to just kind of 
slink into. Right, so there's no shadow for them to kind of teleport to because another saying is that the walls mean next to nothing for a fade because they can just go from shadow to shadow. Kind of almost like a teleporting-like thing there. So something else, I mentioned that they're kind of like the generals of the Trollocs because what happens is a group of Trollocs is called a fist. So you have a fist of Trollocs and at times, they can be attached to a Merdral. And what that allows the Merdral to do is that allows the Merdral to kind of push them to do things faster. Because Trollocs are notoriously lazy. All they want to do is fight, eat, and sleep. So if they're not seeing any prey, you might have to force them onward. If you, they want, don't want to go in an area, the Fade can kind of force them onward if it's linked to them. However... This is a little bit of a weakness because if the Merdral that is attached to a Fist of Trollocs is killed, all of the Trollocs die as well instantaneously. Kind of like how in a video game, if you kill the boss monster, you win that level. Doesn't matter about little minions off to the side there. If you kill a Fade, all the little minion Trollocs, they die as well. So another force of the dark one that we will most definitely see throughout the series and it's perhaps my favorite type of force of the dark it is called a dark friend now a dark friend what makes them so terrifying and their rank amongst the armies of the dark varies based on like the level of dark friend you actually are but what makes them so terrifying is that a dark friend could literally be anybody they could be your friend, they could be your neighbor, they could be the stranger coming into town. You don't know who's a dark friend until it's too late. So it can be not so obvious who is a dark friend and who is not either. Because at times what'll happen is the dark one, or uh, we'll get into him in a little bit later, but his name, Baalzaman or Shaitan is his true name, which you don't ever want to say because you'll bring his gaze on you kind of like putting on the one ring in Lord of the Rings, the Ayasaron glares at you. If you say Shaitan, the rumor is that the Dark One's eyes fall upon you and bad stuff happens to you. But if you are a Dark Friend, something that might happen is the Dark One might give you a private mission that's known to nobody else but you and him. And so he might say, oh, help that old lady cross the street only to tell another dark friend, kill that old lady when she gets across the street. He's the Lord of Chaos. He likes to cause a scene. So he will use people however he sees fit. And so that makes it so you don't know who you can trust and who not to trust within the Wheel of Time series. And to me, that's what makes dark friends so cool and so interesting and an integral part of the series, A Wheel of Time. Absolutely. And the idea that they have also different motivations for joining the dark and selling right. themselves to Baal Zaman. And I, I think that when you find out some characters or, you know, and you start to understand them more and you're like surprised, like the ones who do end up being dark friends and the ones who don't, uh, their motivations. And also that sometimes some people who aren't dark friends, well, they might as well be. Right. Because just because you are an evildoer does not mean you are a dark friend. Like, there could be cut purses or, like, 
thieves that are trying to rob you, but they are not necessarily dark friends. To be a dark friend, you give up your soul to the dark one. And another name for the dark one is the Lord of the Grave. So meaning when you die, he gotcha. So for dark friends, they give up their soul willingly to the dark one for some kind of promised reward. It might be for eternal life, riches, glory, power, whatever it is. Like Mike said, everyone has different motivations for turning to the dark side of the force in Wheel of Time here. And I really hope that's something that is done well in the show here for Amazon is like the hidden factors of dark friends, like where they are in the books. Because like Mike said, some of the people that turn out to be dark friends, you're like, oh my God, no way. And then other people that you thought could be dark friends, you're like, oh, they're good. And so I hope that hidden allegiances takes a good part of the actual TV series because that was a very enjoyable part of the book series. Absolutely, and I'm hoping that they don't add in some unexpected dark friends. I'm fully expecting that to happen, though. (laughs) So another part of the forces of the Dark One are um, the Chosen, as they refer to themselves, or the Forsaken, as they're called by all people who serve in the light. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about, like, who are the Forsaken, and give us some names so we know them if we hear them in the series. Absolutely. So the Forsaken, or the Chosen, um, as they like to refer to themselves, are ancient Aes Sedai, who, male and female, who sign who forsake the light to come to the dark side and they're all very powerful and they were sealed in with the dark one during the age of legends again we'll cover more on that when we do our age of legends episode later on but as listeners you just need to know that one they've been sealed away for so long that again they're referred to in many cultures as just stories to scare your children their names will be mentioned and we may or may not encounter them at some point in the series as well. And so there are a total of 13 of them. Uh, Please excuse me as I butcher every single one of their names. I'm sure Dylan will help me out a little bit. (laughs) But again, they're male and female. Mm -hmm. And so we have Ishamael, Rabin, Demendred, Samael, Agonar, Balthamel, Asmodine, Balal, Lanfear, Semerage, Nisana, Grandel, and Mogadine. Yeah, nice job with that last one there. Mogadine. She's cool. Anyways, I didn't want to correct you because who knows how they'll be pronounced in the actual show. (laughs) Because as I'm sure you can find if you look uh, in the back of the Wheel of Time books, in some of them there is a glossary where Robert Jordan tells you how to pronounce them. However, he himself was very inconsistent in how he pronounced the names there. So, I decided to cut Mike a little bit of slack on that regard as we go forward here to see how they actually pronounce the names within the Amazon TV series itself. Some of the other types of Force of the Dark that we'll see are the what's called the Dreadlords. So they are basically like modern day uh, Dark Channel users. Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Dreadlords? Absolutely. So because the Chosen and the Forsaken were sealed away um, year, still years before 
um, our story is going to take place, there was the Trolloc Wars. This is where Trollocs and Mydro poured out of the Blight and came to invade all the lands um, that humanity uh, lived in. And at their front were the Dreadlords. And these were Aes Sedai channel users who also joined the Dark and they became like generals and they fought uh, with the armies of the Dark. So one thing to notice, uh, to know actually, uh, among both the Dreadlords as well as the Forsaken. There's a lot of infighting that happens because these are highly jealous individuals, highly powerful individuals who each believe they deserve to be at the Dark One's right hand. So they're always competing amongst themselves, kind of plotting against each other, plotting amongst each other. They don't outright attack each other very often. However, they might have some infighting, like having some of their agents compete against some of someone else's agents, kind of jockeying for power and pole position in the, of the Dark One's favor. So you will see sometimes forces of the Dark kind of going against each other, as well as against forces of the Light. And where Dreadlords come in is the Dreadlords... They're more modern, but they want what the Forsaken have, and they want to take the place of the Forsaken. So they will try to do everything they can do to get in the Dark Lord's graces as well. So the last one to talk about, and I kind of already talked about him a little bit, is going to be the Dark One himself. So Mike, why don't you tell us a few names for the Dark One, tell us a little bit about the Dark One, and then we'll go on to some of the clips. Great Lord of the Dark, the Dark One, Shai Tan, Baalzaman, <laughs> Father of Lies, Sight Blinder. Those are just a few of the names for the Lord of the Dark. The Lord of the Grave. The Lord of the Grave. The opposite to the creator, not a singular being, not a person, but an entity unto themselves. There were three big entities, the creator, uh, the great lord of the dark, or sorry, that's what the chosen would call him, <laughs> the dark one, and the wheel. And so you have these three en uh, entities, pretty much it's good, evil, and time. And so the dark one was sealed in Shela Ghul with the forsaken, and that's where they've been resting ever since the Age of Legends. So, Anything you'd like to add, Dylan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one bit I'll add for sure into this is that there's technically four things that have been there since the beginning. It's the Creator, the Dark One, the Wheel, and the One Power, which powers the Wheel and turns the Wheel around. Oh, that's true. And I would add... Uh, Teleran Riyadh. Yeah, Teleran Riyadh. Okay, that's very true, but I don't the know. World of Dreams. Yes, the World of Dreams. I was going to just <laughs> count that as just part of the wheel because it's not separate yeah, from fair. the wheel itself. Um, but anyways, so talking about Shaitan, uh, the Dark One himself, he basically is on a mission to break the wheel. Uh, he's going to go all Daenerys on it and, you know, try to break the wheel, and then kill everybody. So, um, however, his ultimate goal is not necessarily known to anybody other than himself and a few of the Chosen. 
uh, the, or the Forsaken, as they're more commonly referred to as. Um, a lot of people believe that what the Dark One wants to do is the Dark One wants to take the Wheel of Time, erase it, and recreate time in his own image. So he does exist separate from the wheel, like outside of the wheel, which is important because nobody that exists within the wheel itself, like within time, can alter time itself. But since the Dark One exists outside of the wheel, he is potentially capable of altering time itself, destroying time itself, and so he is going to be the big bad of the entire series here, and I am very interested to see how the Dark One is going to be portrayed on screen, if we see him on screen, because although we call the Dark One a him, he is an entity. He's not necessarily a person. However, there are people that he influences and people that he acts through, but he himself, the Dark One, is not an actual person. So it'll be cool. Um, one other part of this that I think we should mention really briefly here are going to be the flying beasties that we see. Mike, want to talk a little bit about them? The drag car. So imagine human size with bat wings. <laughs> <laughs> And instead of fangs that they're just going to like, you know, like I'm sure some people are like picturing like a vampire. Right. Yeah. And you wouldn't be too far off. I think that was definitely an inspiration for them. They are the scouts and the kind of the kind of an assassin as well for the forces of the dark. And so what the drag card do is they fly out and they can they have fly, obviously. So they are good at scouting and they can land and when they land, they can call to them, almost like sing a little, like a siren song where it's going to prune and sort of put their person in a hypnotic state. Mm -hmm. One person or two people, no more, really. And when they come closer, they can suck their souls right out of their body, killing them. Sounds pretty nasty to me. All right. So I think that will be a majority of the forces of the dark that we see in season one here. So without farther ado... Let's quickly talk about some of these clips that we've seen. Mike, why don't you first talk about the clip of the Murdral and Trollocs that were released here to get us hyped for this scary month of October? Absolutely. It's time for a b -b -b breakdown. So we're going to um, Amazon Prime through their Twitter, and you can look this up on YouTube as well. They released a clip showing the Shadow Spawn. Oh, love me, the Mydral. The Murdral. <laughs> Love me the Murdral and how that hood went back and you just saw this eyelet's face and then the rows of teeth. Oh, gave me goosebumps. And I was just like, that is fantastic. No, what I really liked about that was, like you said, how great it actually looked. The CGI was on point. But what I perhaps loved the most was the fact that that shot with the merge all with his hood up because he looked like a man, like the chin. He, he did not look like a creature. And the fact that his eyes were hidden by the cloak, you know, it's kind of the point of the merge all wearing the hood and the cloak and everything like that. But you could totally see how the merge all could blend in among actual people if they wanted to. But when you threw that hood back and you saw what was underneath, woo, 
look out. That thing was frightening and it looked great and I loved it. Yeah, and you did get a good glimpse too through that of some of the Trolloc action. Now they didn't really like focus in on them specifically, but I think we saw enough that it was, to me at least, very clear and very exciting on where they were going with the Trollocs. Well, that's what I was just going to say. I'm going to say, so what did you think about the Trollocs? And you just gave your thought about it, and I agree 100%. Like, the Trollocs being how uh, much of an amalgamation as they are, I was interested to see how they would do that on the screen there. And I thought that they did it very well. Um, You could also get a good look at a Trolloc from one of the Wheel of Time posters, with Moraine hanging onto the horn of one of the dead Trollocs, and they were looking quite good. I was very impressed with what they did with the actual Trollocs themselves. Yeah, they definitely released a lot of new information this week, which was excellent for fans. I mean, they did mm-hmm. an awesome job of really showing us some cool stuff. The next clip that we're going to talk about, well, let me just clarify this real quick. This clip of the Murdral and the Trollocs basically shows them tearing apart a village, setting it all on fire, getting a little crazy. So you can tell already just by that little clip there that stuff is going to go down involving the Murdral and the Trollocs. Um, but the next clip is going to actually be involving someone we haven't covered in too much detail yet, and that is Loghain. So Loghain looks to be like a male power user. And what I thought was really cool about this clip that they released was the different differentiation between male channeling and female channeling. Whereas the female channeling of Sidar was kind of white but clear, you could see the taint of the Dark One on Sidene when Loghain was channeling, almost looking like black tendrils kind of rising out of nowhere. Because that's something we haven't talked about, I don't think, yet too much, was how the Dark One, in like a last-ditch effort to fight back against the forces of the light, put a tape on Sidene, the male half of the power, that drives all men insane that wield it. So, Mike, what were your other thoughts about the Loghain clip? Well, he was a little bit older than I expected. Um, uh-huh. Just from like reading the books and stuff, I always kind of envisioned him um, a bit younger. But I think he, he did. A, they did a really nice job of making him look very in control of himself and very kind of he carried himself with almost like a regal sort of like I'm powerful and I know it uh, attitude, which I thought was fantastic for his character. I know we talked before the show about this, but I it left me with some questions about how much he's going to be in those first in this first season. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a lot more involved in the show than he was in the books. And I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think that might be cool to see a little bit more of his story unveiled. Yeah, I think that he does look a little bit older, but like you said, he carried himself with like that kingly presence, which was nice to see, even though in the little clip it showed he was in a cage. So I'm excited about Loghain and seeing where his character arc goes within the series itself. All right, so Mike, is there anything else you wanted to talk about this week before we get on out of here? Um, I just want to say that there was another trailer put up that we got to uh, see. It sort of just showed some behind the scenes, uh, behind the scenes footage and some 
like a quick interview and that's uh, up on the uh, Wheel of Times Twitter and you can also see it on I think on YouTube as well but we saw some first shots of Tom Marilyn mm. and I thought that was really cool to see him we're we're both looking forward to seeing his patch cloak and hopefully it's there but we like the look so far yeah other than the cloak missing he looked really cool but maybe he just wasn't wearing it for that performance and he wears it when he's traveling and introducing himself but we shall see I'm waiting to reserve judgment until November 19th when episodes 1, 2, and 3 all come out and you and I go absolutely crazy trying to keep up with it. (laughs) So, with that said, we will see you all at the next turning of the wheel. Goodbye. Bye.